Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. <laughs> Show me the crypto. In a world on the brink of disruption, two men will bring you clarity by interviewing some of the most intelligent and influential names in the blockchain world. Welcome to Show Me the Crypto with your hosts, Wade Patterson and Ulf Lonegren. Well, hi there, and welcome to Show Me the Crypto. My name is Wade Patterson. And I'm Alf Lonegren. We're a couple of friends from Canada who love talking about cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, and we're happy you're along for the ride. Whether you're a crypto virgin or you know your way around the block, we hope our interviews with some of the most intelligent and influential people in the space help deliver you with value. And on this episode, we're joined by actress, UN ambassador, and crypto lover, Amanda Cerny. With early dreams of being in the CIA, Amanda's focus shifted to becoming an actress as a young adult. But while finding management in LA seemed impossible, Amanda paved her own way by creating content and building an audience, first on YouTube, then on Vine. Today, millions of people follow Amanda on every social media platform. Amanda, welcome to Show Me the Crypto. I love it. Thanks for the cool intro. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Hey, we're really stoked to have you on. And I want to start out with this. So we're we're a modest size, crypto-focused YouTube channel. And yet you're spending time dedicated to chat crypto with us. And you're also doing things like creating explainer videos, such as what is an NFT to your audience. So my, my question that I want to start off is, why are you focusing so much time and energy on this space? I'm interested <laughs> like, and that's basically it. Like I started to get more and more into crypto myself and it's kind of a rabbit hole that you go into and then you just keep going and going and it's hard to get out of. So that's where I am. And the more conversations I have, the more I learn and the more I grow in the space as well. And even it's better for my investments too. So that's awesome. Well, we're excited to talk with you about, uh, a bunch of all, all things crypto today. But before we get too far down that path, um, obviously, Wade gave some highlights in the intro. But for those of our listeners who don't know, I mean, you've got 50 million followers across all of uh, the various social media channels. You've been a Playboy Playmate. Um, you've got a huge following. You're known for your comedic videos. And I could I could go on and say more, but I'd love if you could explain a little bit about your story just in general, as far as like a career goes and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I've always been super spontaneous and just doing the things that I've been interested in. And that's led to a lot of success for me. Um so yeah, I started, I was at college at Florida State. Um, I was watching the girls next door. I wanted to be in the CIA. I was a black belt, did karate my whole life. And I was like, yeah, it's perfect for me. And then randomly uh, was seeded with the idea of becoming a playmate. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to work for the government. And then I was like, oh, wait, that's the girls next door. And I just randomly was bored in my um, apartment. And I was like, all right, I'll just send in bikini photos, see what happens. And then they emailed back. And then I ended up going out to LA on a free trip and I had to pay for everything in my life. So I was like a free trip to California. I've always wanted to go and I've always loved traveling. That brought me out to California. I did the test shoot, stay at the mansion, met Hef, met all the girls. 
super cool experience. Didn't think anything would come out of it. And I was like, all right, like so many girls like are going for this. Why are they going to choose me? And I go back and they ended up choosing me and then, okay, now I'm a playmate centerfold. (laughs) And then I moved down to Miami. I start doing live EDM event hosting. And I was like, well, you know, like creatively that's kind of limited limiting for me. So I'd rather like go out to LA. I've always had fun um, doing plays and acting. And I was like, let me just fully go into the acting world, take classes and just study and better myself there and then look for agency management. And then that was what made me go out to LA. And in the process of looking for the agency management and taking classes, doing improv, I really wanted to focus on comedy one because I loved it. And it's what I enjoyed consuming the content I enjoyed. And all my friends happened to be comedians as well. So I'm like, this is great. Um, And it was also the polar opposite of being a playmate. So I was like, all right, self-deprecating comedy. This is a great way for me to rebrand myself. Even though at the time I became a playmate, it was never really, social media wasn't really a thing at the time. So I didn't really have a following for being a playmate. So I was like, perfect. So then I started um, looking for different ways to build a reel for myself because I needed a reel to put me in film and TV. I, this is going in depth, guys. Like I love it. I love it. We're a long form show. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I started creating my own content just to help myself build a reel and. I didn't really know how to edit or film. So I had friends that did YouTube and I was like, Hey, anything I'll work for free. Just like, let me just build a reel for myself. And in the process of doing that vine came out and I was like, this is the perfect platform for me to start learning how to do my own storytelling and just like six second videos. So I was started playing around on there and those started getting views And then I continue, I'm like, okay, this is something. And I started continuously making videos all the time and every single day, and then discovering other people that were uh, being featured on the popular page as well. That's what they called it at the time too. And then starting to collaborate with each other and really growing, growing, growing an audience for comedy bits on Vine and then moving it onto larger platforms, Instagram, YouTube, and just being across all platforms and not putting, which is also very important in investing, um, not putting all your eggs in one basket and just kind of just being across all platforms, which led to longevity for me and also success in acting and finding agency out in LA and management whom you've met and talked to. It was a process and like a blessing to find Lacey. So um, yeah, and that all kind of, so it's always a process. Like you always have, I think it's just keeping an open mind, always learning and being willing to learn um, is going to lead to a lot of growth and just doing what you're passionate about and have fun doing. And that's what I've continued to do throughout my career so far. And I've always been interested in investing, like even when I was uh, like 14, 15, and I was working like two different jobs. I was like, all right, I'm making all this money and I've always had fun with numbers. So I'm like, okay, I'm making this, like, I want to do something with it. Cause it just sitting in the bank accounts, not really doing anything for me. And I have to buy a car, I have to pay for college, I have to do all these things. And I mean, I need like 20 jobs. And then, um, I started investing in the stock market once, uh, the crash happened as well. So it was great. Um, <sighs> bad you know what i mean yeah uh, oh, don't cancel me yet <laughs> yeah. and then um so i just put 
like at that time you could just really just put it in different things and being like 14, 15, still being interested in that, um, that led to a lot of growth. And I saw this success there and that made me study it more. And I've always just been interested in investing since then and whether it's in real estate and then crypto was kind of brought to me through my boyfriend. Um, so I, I think I invested in Bitcoin, uh, like five years ago. Wow. And that's actually um, impressive. Like to have been in it that long. Oh, gee. Yeah. It's not really though, because I invested in it then because I, he told me to, and I was like, it's good. He's like, it's good. It's good. And I'm like, all right, I'll put like some, it wasn't like a big amount for me, but I think I bought one Bitcoin and I was like, all right, cool. This is, and the price was probably like 14,000 or something at the time. I think I don't Four, know. it would have been. Well, if it was that long ago, fourteen hundred probably more. Mm, no, four know. years ago, it, like during the bull cycle of oh, twenty seventeen. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Fourteen. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. Okay. I'm wrong. <laughs> no, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But no, um, my math I is off. <laughs> four to five years ago, around fourteen thousand, I believe. Um, don't kill me. And then I, <laughs> I put it in, and then I was like, all right like a few years went by and I was like, I, I lost money and then it went up and I was like, I'm not even going to look at this. And then, so what, what year are we in now? 2021, 2020, I looked at it around October and it was like, I hope I'm right with my timestamps, but it was like 400 or 500 above the 14,000. So I was like, Okay, that's let me just take my money out because I've oh. held it here for so long. <laughs> no. Nothing about this, and it didn't do anything for me over that period of time. I'm out. And <laughs> then, like right, uh, right, right before blast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it went up, but what the great thing about that is I missed out on a massive gain. But the but for having one Bitcoin, you know, it's whatever, it's a good learning curve, but I didn't, it made me interested in the space and it made me want to learn more about it. So I understood it more. So I understood my investments more and seeing that volatility and that potential for that gain made me go like, what is this? And then I started looking into all these different coins. And then I looked into all these different exchanges And I started looking and the main exchange I started using was Binance US. And that's what got me into BNB. So I started looking and this is probably January. Mm -hmm. So I'm very new to crypto, but I love it. And it's so much fun, even with it being down entirely right now. (laughs) But then again, is it really down? Because perspective, you look a year ago, we're still up by like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a thousand percent on some of these coins and you're just like, Oh, everything's down right now. It's like, you just gotta be in it for the the long term and go into coins that you truly believe in. But Mm. I'm kind of going on a tangent here and I'll step back and like, no, no, I love it. It's (laughs) such a good perspective to have. One of the things you mentioned there, Amanda was, was vine. And there was a tweet that you put out probably a couple months ago now, but you said that modern day crypto feels like it did in the vine early days. What did you mean by that? Oh, I was talking more about the actual feeling. Like mm. a lot of a lot of my tweets, I just I think it and I'm like bleh. And I just throw it up and it's out there. And that's what I think Twitter's for. But um I I meant that it it felt like a lot of people, I remember in Vine, 
during Vine, there were a lot of companies that didn't understand the platform. There were a lot of people that were kind of pushing it away because they were like, okay, this is silly. These uh, creators aren't going to last long. They're not going to be around forever. They're not going to do things that are bigger than this. And for me, it's the same idea with crypto and that, you know, the more I would mention it to, I don't know, my uh, just like older relatives or like just people around me that aren't really into finances in general, which everybody should be because it's like fundamentally is, is so important for our lives, all of our lives. But um, but with crypto investing, it's just everybody's very push off, like eh, it's too weird. It's not going to last. And right. that reaction is what reminded me of Vine. And that's mm-hmm. what got me so excited because that told me it's still very new mm-hmm. and there's still so much more opportunity for growth. And, you know, I'm, even though I'm late, I'm still really early. Mm-hmm. You actually entered crypto a little bit before I would have. I think maybe I was aware of it when you got in, but I didn't buy anything right away. And this guy actually introduced me. And um, and so I bought in near the top and, you know, watched the fallout. And it's funny. I, what's that? Recently? No, sorry. Like at the same time about oh, that. Okay. Late, okay. 20, okay. Like late 2017 when it had peaked around 20K. Um, And then, you know, seeing the bear market that came after that, it's just funny. um, We've talked to a lot of people who entered around that same time and how people uh, perceive crypto after going through that, I feel is a lot different for those who are just entering in like maybe the last few months, because it's like you said, with perspective on a big dip that's happened in the last few weeks where, um, It's a big dip, especially so if you entered in the last few months. But if you have been around for five years, no matter how little or much you were involved, if you've seen how big these swings can be and how long it can take for potential recoveries to happen, um, you kind of have a different outlook, especially because if you're in it long enough, I think I think there's even a stat like if you're in follow Bitcoin for at least four years at any given time and your uh, your investment is always in the positive. There's there's some some statistic like that. So yes, yeah, come out recently because like I've been hearing that. Like I think my boyfriend even said that to me today. I'm like that must have like. <laughs> I think it's one that that yeah. people like to really promote on Twitter. It's like <laughs> yeah. check out how good this is. Here's a killer yeah. stat, but uh, <laughs> it's a good stat though. I like that. Is. What is the other one for the stock market? It's like ten years. Yeah, some, some a little crazier. Yeah, yeah. But um, S and P. I wanted yeah. to ask you about you. You mentioned um, you started utilizing Binance US as a trading platform. So, and and you've done some trading uh, by the way of stocks. Have you been kind of like doing more of that? Is it different for you trading on crypto? Uh, as far as I understand, your passion is in swing trading mostly. If you can just tell us a little bit about that, that that'd be interesting to dive into. I mean, that's what I define it as, but um, I, uh, I'm swinging, like, yeah. uh, like <laughs> I'm in, I'm out. Yeah. But, well, it's not um, so hard to swing trade in crypto because there's so many highs and lows. So, <laughs> so much fun. Um, but also it requires a lot of, I, I think is if you're going into the coins knowing that they have longevity, it's fun and it's okay to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going into these meme coins that just 
could be a rug pull and then you're just in it and it goes to zero and they just, then you're screwed. Then you're, there goes your swing trading. So (laughs) for me, I'm halted right now. And a lot of my swing trades because of where the market is right now. And if I, you know, I just rather hold and wait than just um, try to time the market or time the tweets of influential people that affect the market. Mm-hmm. But um, which is which makes it so volatile and so interesting. And I think that's why crypto is also a great opportunity for new investors. Just so like, even if you're not investing your own income and your own finances, which by the way, like not a financial advisor, but I always just say people should be investing money that they have that's just like they're they're not going to need it tomorrow they're not going to need it to pay their bills it's just expect it to be gone and just that's the mindset if you're just like buying and in and out and doing the swing trading and all that because you could get stuck in a trade for five years like you could get stuck in a trade for two days or one day or an hour and just make you know 2x sometimes so it's like it's very volatile and it can go up and it can go down. But um, with always saying that disclaimer, I forget what the question was or where I was going with this. But I was just wondering about swing trading in general. And by the way, I uh-huh. realized I said it's easy to do swing trading. I didn't mean it's easy to succeed at swing trading, <laughs> just so you know, everybody listening. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I, I stick to the coins that... Um, I believe are still undervalued and have a lot of longevity and a lot more to do. Um, That way I know if I get stuck in a trade, I'm not losing money. I'm just holding at that point. And now I'm a long-term investor, Mm. you know, Mm. like that's kind of, I'm always winning with that, with that mindset, but, and I don't get stressed out. There's, if there's people that are trading too, that, you know, they're, they're noticing, it's just like, it's maybe not for you. Like Mm -hmm. any amount of stress like that. I don't know if that's worth any amount of money. Like that's your health. That's your overall wellness. Like you got to just be a little bit just free spirited and just have your convictions and go with that. But, um, I mainly do it with, uh, B and B I've actually started, because through swing trading and I have so much fun doing it, I don't know if it's bad to call it like an addiction, but it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's really fun for me. Um, but I do know if when I first started swing trading um, BNB, it, I would have made over 6x of just holding. Mm-hmm. And within swing trading, I made about 3x. Right. So... It just shows that you cannot time it. It's mm-hmm. like if you believe it's going up, you're better off holding. But for me, I got so much enjoyment and woos out of it and watching. The, it's like that it was worth it for me. But then I found other coins and then I just started to invest a little more and more into the market and looking into different coins as well. Um to where now I'm holding my BNB and I'm staking my um BNB so I can just get the interest from that instead of it sitting in my bank account, because I know that's going to go up, but, um, or that's my conviction. Nice. (laughs) What are your, in terms of your crypto portfolio and like some of the coins that you are interested in, what are some of those? Uh, Bitcoin, um, just for value store value. Um, Ethereum, I feel like it has a long way to go. Um, and it has, some of the most utility out of all the other coins out there, whether it's NFTs. Um, The only thing that 
pushes me more towards BNB at the moment over Ethereum is just the transaction fees. I like mm. Ethereum transaction fees are 35 X BNB. So yeah, for me in doing like my swing trades and on the, it's much better for me to u- utilize BNB than I would Ethereum. So I'd rather hold more th- uh, BNB and get my discounts on my trades than holding Ethereum. So Ethereum is something I would just hold like long-term, just uh, stake that for Ethereum 2 or ETH2, whatever, uh, for the proof of stake when that comes around and just get the interest off that. But um, so that's the only thing, but I I think my my concerns with BNB would be that in the future, okay, right now it's it's great. It has so much growth potential. Um, I do feel it is undervalued, but I, I feel like it, it's financial, right? It's, I I'm getting a way better rates on my trades. I'm saving a lot of money through that and it's faster transactions. So I love the coin for that. And I feel like a lot of newcomers are going to look for those things when they're picking which platforms they're going to be on and hence the growth. And also they burn coins, which Mm. the less coins in circulation, the more value the coin has. So if they're burning coins every quarter, then the value is just going to keep going up and up over time, which is great. Um, Same thing with Bitcoin. You know, there's a limited, was it how many? 21 million. Yeah. Yeah. So limited amount of Bitcoin available, hence the store value and the fact that they're doing that with um, BNB as well with the burning is great incentive for the value to go up and for it to reach more value over time because they're still going to be burning. Um, but yeah, the the only concern would be is the centralization of mm-hmm. the coin, which I know a lot of I think more seasoned crypto investors are concerned about. I think the new people that are into crypto are looking for the financial gains and the short term realized gains. And, you know, like because they're learning and they're experiencing it and they're seeing those new stories of the Doge millionaire and like all those things. And, you know, so they're going to look where they save the most, which is going to bring the value of the coin up. But um, I think over time, and I don't know how long term this is, the centralization of a coin is going to, decentralization of a coin is going to probably outweigh the, like, the transaction fees. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point you make because, uh, as you said, a lot of people are in this as investors first. They want to make money. Um, and when things like transaction fees are hindering your you know potential to make money because it's just eating away at any time you want to make a trade or or buy mm-hmm. or anything like that then naturally they look for those other projects those other tokens that have minimal fees but if we paint a picture of a future where some of these problems have been solved and you can have the best of both worlds, you can have a decentralized platform and you can still have, um, you know, minimal or next to no fees on your trades, then I think I think it will be natural for people to want to shift back over to those more true decentralized crypto projects. Um, time will tell, I guess. But uh, yeah. I, I had another question for you around... You know, you mentioned you first invested in, uh, I think, 2016, you mentioned. But 
but you were kind of like just uh, just sat on it until um, it made its price back. Then you sold, and really, it's, you've only been actively in crypto for the last um, you know whatever it is nine months or so, and probably even like that, less than that. Less than that. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. less than that. So my question here is for someone who is really relatively new. Uh, where do you go to educate yourself and and learn about these things? What's your primary outlet? That's the hardest part is like your your sources, right? Oh my god! If I listen to half the texts I've gotten and half the um, it's just I would have lost so much money. Mm. So it's like always it's to do your own research, but then people stop and ask, okay, where do I do my research? Well, it's. I guess it's at people in the space that you you can see the success stories behind and you know they they have that track record. I think that's helpful. Um, I think I look for transparency and honesty in the people that I'm following too. And you know, sometimes you can smell bullshit really fast and sometimes people don't have that ability, which is unfortunate. Um and then also it's like, I just use multiple sources of information. I just don't use one. I, I don't think it's ever safe to do just one. And that's your strategy for anything. Like mm-hmm. even today I had um, a plumber come out and then he gave me a bid for uh, running my plumbing line to my dock um, just to see. And I think he quoted me like 5,000 to run it around the other side of the house. And then I had another guy come because I have an existing plumbing line and the other guy told me it doesn't work. And he told me, no, it works. It'll cost like 300. And then I had another guy come and tell me it's going to be 20,000 to run it from the, so it's like, so I, and then I'm learning along the way too, because all of them had interesting points, Mm -hmm. but I'm kind of combining all the information, what I what I see truth in and what I believe from here, what I see in here, and I'm putting it all together and then making the best decision from these different sources of information. So I'll read articles, I'll read, you know, from CNBC articles or whatever. And then um, I'll go on Twitter, consume some of that, text some of my friends that run different funds, uh, consume some of that. I'll, just see like, and a lot of, a lot of the meme coins and everything, if I'm ever looking into those, knowing what those are, um, knowing the risk involved with those as well. Like I'll look at what the marketing is. Cause for me, it's, um, a lot of these meme coins. Yeah. They'll, they'll have utility or potential in the future and based on who's backing them as well, because I, I like to look into that also. I'm like, okay, um doge we got mark cuban we got elon elon's not that favorable right now in the crypto community because of his tweets but hey like you know you got smart people behind certain coins that i'm like all right well if they're putting their reputation and their brand behind this coin let me see what they can do with it let me invest a little belief in there and just see what that turns out to be Mm. so it's like that's kind of how i i look at different things and um I also just use my own logic. So, Ulf, do you realize that our audience has either been watching or listening to this episode for 20 minutes? 20 minutes? They should probably subscribe. Yeah, they should subscribe and they should like and comment and hit that notifications bell. Oh, and did you tell them about the NFTs? That's right. We have our own NFT for our OG supporters. This is a way you can support our show, help us bring you continual great content. Information on that is below. 
So, Amanda, you mentioned there some of the meme coins. And just in general, you've had different tweets and, and I've heard in interviews, you've talked a little bit about Doge. But what are your thoughts specifically on on Doge and its potential? And also, when you do put out your thoughts on those things, do you, you're a very public figure. Do you receive hate? Do you receive praise online? Do you mind talking about that? Yeah, it's the internet. Uh, I think anybody on the internet receives hate and love and um, cries themselves to sleep some night. <laughs> what the internet does, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I've I don't know. I've been online for like a decade, so I'm. You can't. I have like the thickest skin, um, but I, I am aware that some people just listen and they just do and they don't do any due diligence. And a lot of people don't like putting their minds there. They just want to just be like, I got all this going on. What do I do? Okay, cool. It's like me with my boyfriend and like uh, five years ago when he was like, you Bitcoin. I'm like, what? Okay. You sure? I mean, it's going to be good. All right. And then I'm like, and throw it in. Um, but that it's just, that's so risky to do. And I always do disclaimers and everybody has different investment strategies and investment and plans and for their finances. And, you know, you may need it in a year. I may need it in 20 years, you know, and those are completely different plans from one another. So I think at looking at what people are talking about, and a lot of times tweets are so vague and a lot of them are cryptic, like mm -hmm. as we've seen. So it's like, you got to just take it as a, a little burst of information. And this is what I hope my audience does. This is what I say all the time. So if they're just picking which pieces of information to listen to what I'm tweeting, then that's on them because I even post like, okay, you know, these are my immediate thoughts. This is something I am not a financial advisor, like at all. I am new to this and I am learning and growing with it, but I have been making smart choices in it. And I'm proud of those choices. And I like to talk about things and I even talk about things that I'm stuck and very transparent with everything. So um, that's what I hold pride in, especially like when it comes to other people's finances and their hard earned money. Like I don't want them losing that or have any resentment towards me because of that. But sometimes it's inevitable. If I put one tweet up about Doge and Doge goes down 10% the next day, but is that next day I would get uh, probably death threats and tweets. And then the next day it's up to 200 X. I get no tweets, but they're thanking me internally. Like, yeah. so it's like, okay, you know, I, I, I don't let those affect me, but I make sure I'm doing my part in just making those disclaimers now and then here and there, but not being overly annoying with, I even put it in my bio. So, <laughs> What about, uh, what are your thoughts on NFTs? NFTs have been a huge uh, story as far as they've been all over the headlines, especially, I guess, pretty much since the start of the year this year, there were some major sales, um, Beeple's $69 million dollar, NFT yeah. and you know it's just been a, a, a huge talking point. What are your thoughts on NFTs? I think they're great. I think there's a lot of noise um, to sift through, and but that goes back to coins as well. It's like there's so many new coins popping up every day, um, but you really have to look at you know the artists behind them, the utility behind them. And art is based, it's 
it's not for everybody. It's certain people are going to value things more than other people. It's just like, you know, trading cards. So for me, it goes back to that. And there's different projects that show like there's different, uh, some projects that come out. I'm just like, okay, this is very, uh, like, a low hanging fruit kind of a project being launched. But then I, for me, like my first NFT purchase was in CryptoPunks. Mm. And I was like, okay, this is a really good one, even though I'm not in it for the art of this CryptoPunk, although now I am, I kind of fell in love with her. (laughs) Um, But in the beginning, I was like, this makes sense to me using my own logic. Okay. There's limited supply. There's um, rarity and all different, which gives value. And then it started at nothing, which I think is really, really cool for the NFT community. It's starting at nothing and people determining the value of what that is over time and building upon that value. And okay, now it's worth, like I, I bought mine, Oh, I don't even remember. I think I bought it around like 70 something thousand and, and it's literally pixel art. And I bought that. And then I got an offer like a month or two later of, I think it was like 40,000 more from when I bought it. Wow. And it, it, it wasn't during that, and during that spike of NFTs, but also at the same time, it's one of the first. Mm -hmm. So, and it was a proof of concept that actually turned into something. And the fact that there's a limited number available and, um, just like all the people that bought into it and like just seeing the different community, the community that has built around it. I'm like, all right, this is a solid investment. I'm going to hold this for a while and, um, you know, see if I ever see a good, and it's actually a lot of fun to show people what I bought for $70,000. I'm like, look, and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, I own her. Um, she's awesome. But, um, so it is like, it is like art in the sense to where you're carrying it around with you and being able to show, you know, the concept of it all. So it's just really be particular about the projects that you're buying into knowing that it's going to grow in value over time, because some of these projects that get launched, you're buying in at the top dollar value that it's ever going to be. And then it's probably might get traded for lower over time. So it's just investment choices, just like you would make with artists and art pieces that you would put into your home. Will you ever launch your own NFT project? Yes, but I may or may not be soon, but I'm also (laughs) (laughs) just like making, I, anything I do, I I just want to make sure it has a ton of value, a ton of utility and longevity. And I'm working on all those pieces on the back end. And I'm not just going to scribble something and be like, here's my NFT, buy it for $10 million. Thanks. Mm. Like I'm out. Like I'm here for the long term. <laughs> I think that's really cool. And when you mention utility, it seems like, I mean, NFTs are something that I just became aware of in, in like December or something like that. I've been following crypto for the last four or five years, but it's cool seeing the evolution. I mean, it's clear that some of these outrageous prices and that kind of thing, that that's probably not sustainable, especially with more NFTs coming on the market and that type of thing. But it's almost like there's this evolution in what you said, the utility and the fact that an NFT is not, you know, maybe it just started as a piece of art and that kind of thing. But now with the smart contract behind it, 
all of a sudden more and more is being offered or maybe that NFT includes an experience, a one-time thing. Maybe it includes something physical that you get in the mail as well. And so is that kind of what you mean when you talk about utility, like more than just the art? Yeah, I I love adding real world use into NFTs. I think it is a great way to combine the crypto space with people who aren't as interested in the space as well. And it's a great introduction into it. Um, and also, who doesn't love like an art piece that you have on your phone that gives you discounts on things, that gives you access to things other people don't have access to? you know, or experiences other people will never experience. So I, I really like that. I think it's it's really an interesting evolution of blockchain um, as far as like a use case goes to have these NFTs. I mean, most of our conversation up until now has been about how people tend to get into crypto for financial gains. And that's still true in a sense for a lot of NFTs. But NFTs are kind of also like an outlier in that that's not necessarily always the case. There's also the collectible aspect where you could truly just be a collector at heart and you might genuinely love the artist who put this NFT together and you might want to display their art and really be the owner of that. And maybe one day you will sell, but that might not even be in your mind right now. And it's not really the same when you go to buy like you know, Bitcoin. Nobody's collecting Bitcoin as a collectible. That's not the, that's not the point of it, right? That's not a real use case. So it's so interesting to just see blockchain evolve. And especially when it comes to tying, this is another area that like those other, um, other types of crypto doesn't do, which is tying real world experiences potentially um, mm -hmm. to NFTs, right? So having, and there's a bit of trust there, right? Where part of, Part of crypto, you know, if you go back to Bitcoin, is that there's this trustlessness about it um, that is one of its features. And here where we're, we get to NFTs where the creator, you may have to have trust with the creator if they're going to say, buy this NFT and part of what you get with that, you know, you prove that you're the owner and you get so-and-so experience. And mm -hmm. I just think that's also fascinating and how uh, people can work that into their NFT projects. I'm excited to see what you uh, introduced <laughs> yeah. with whatever's coming down And like down how the soon line. it's coming? Like, yeah, is this yeah. like next week, couple weeks? <laughs> no, no, it's going to take time. I've <laughs> been working on it for some time, but it's definitely going to take a lot more time. Have you invested in any or purchased any NFTs that included an experience? I haven't. I've just been observing a lot um, because there's so much going on. And it's like, and by the way, this isn't my full time like thing, like <laughs> crypto. And so it's a lot to keep up with. And when you're normally like even in the stock market, when you're doing day trading, you're paying attention to all the news stories that are coming out. Um earnings reports, like there, there's just so many, the CEOs is going on in the back end of the, it's like so many different our world events um, that can affect the market. And if you're not fully invested in doing that every single day, it's a lot riskier to do. And it's a lot harder to successfully do. Um, so luckily, like I'm 
surrounded by different people that do do things like this every single day and they live and breathe it and they get those different sources of information as well. But um, it's not my full, I wish I could get to a point to where it could be, but I'm also like a creative and I, I still like to create, I still like to do my acting and, you know, travel here and there. So it's like, I, it's hard for me to make smart financial decisions and all the NFT projects that are being launched. But the ones that I do invest in, I'll be sure that they are concrete mm-hmm. and I'm pretty, you know, I have no worries with any of my investments. On that note, you know, for someone like yourself, who's a creator, who has a huge following, have you done any research or or tried out any of these social media platforms that are tied back to a blockchain project? Um, there's been, there was the Omi platform, um, Ecomi, um, which is cool. Like I, I really like the idea of NFTs and gaming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I wish I had more time to do gaming. I really just do have to prioritize my time here. And if, you know, that's like something I was starting to do gaming I was like, all right, if I need to be on a schedule, I have to have this many subs. And apparently that's not what you say in gaming. You're just saying <laughs> because you're passionate about it. Almost right. got canceled for that. Um, so, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I really love the use case of NFTs in a digital world, in a digital space. I think that's so much fun. One of my favorite games playing when I was growing up was Sims. Like I love the Sims and I also loved, um, uh, Grand Theft Auto. I played that all the time too. And, you know, even the idea of just skins and everything in Fortnite and the gaming, like I, I think NFT have NFTs have been around the idea of them, but now really just like applying them to like a blockchain technology is just really exciting. Yeah, it's pretty mind blowing when you start to talk about like what that could look like, because Fortnite skins is a perfect example of people are paying it, but they they don't own that thing. It's just like a digital representation where you could have ownership and sell it on a secondary market. It, it really opens it up. Uh, Amanda, one of the things I want to ask you about. So you talked about getting in kind of late 2017, early 2018 at the the height of really you know, the the crypto market or like where it was pretty high Bitcoin. And then we had this huge crash. And now we're kind of seeing this bull run again. Who knows? You know, we've had a pullback, a bit of volatility in the last month. But do you buy into this theory of like a four year cycle or or do you have any opinion on it? Uh, what are your thoughts there when when it comes to the Bitcoin cycles? I'm still bullish. Yeah. I'm like, I, I feel like we have more to go. Um, and it's more so we're just going to see a little bit more of a downward trend. This is my prediction. Again, I know nothing, but um, I just see we're going to see more of a downward trend. And then, you know, it'll surprise us. And then everybody's just going to be hopping on as soon as they can. But and like for ease of mind, I know a lot of or peace of mind. I know a lot of people are stressed out about where the market is right now, especially the people that are new to the crypto space and it's like a big turnoff and they probably just want their money back and they want one out. And it's just, it's scary because they're not used to it. They're not used to that volatility. Like, you know, the, the people that have been around in crypto, like you guys and have faced like a bear market already and see what that looks like. And then to the feeling of a bull market is great. And then if it goes back into that, it's just like, it's again, doing your research on your investments. And it's like, 
I'm invested in it. I believe this has a lot more upside to it and it has a long way to go. If I just keep all my all my investments where they are now, 10 years from now, I'm going to look at it and be like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. 100%. Like I, I have zero worries about my investments in the crypto space, even though it's so volatile, so up and down right now. I think overall and in, in the long run, there's a lot of really intelligent people behind behind crypto, behind these new projects that support it, that are investing their own capital into it. Um, and that's smart money. So I, I like to think I'm, I'm some smart money too with my investments and I, I put it to where it's going to just show me some great returns. But again, it's like not a financial advisor, but I, I just think if you don't sell, you didn't lose. And Hopefully those are in coins that have been around and have great white papers. Like they have great um, use cases and uh, like for Bitcoin, for just being the decentralization of Bitcoin outside of like the whole mining argument and everything. I, I just think if you're invested in those some of the top coins and that's what you're kind of holding on to, I would personally just hold and not sell at a loss because there's no reason to, because I feel like it's just really going to go up and up and up. But um, if it just so happened to be one of those meme coins that have been around for three months and then crashed down to zero dollars, I don't know. Yeah, well, that, that, <laughs> That's what happens when people look for the get rich quick scheme and they go investing in a bunch of shit coins, hoping that one of them is just going to explode. I mean, if you hang on to those too long, and maybe you'll get lucky, but um, that that goes back to doing your own research, doing your yeah. due diligence, investing in the tried and true projects, the ones with solid backers that the test you know, of time. The test of time. You hang on long enough, yeah. it does work. I mean, I've seen it. I held on <laughs> through the bear market last time around, and here I am today, and it's been good. So your hands are stronger than mine. I didn't know enough, and I was like, take it back. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but like you said, I think it possibly blessing in disguise, right? That yeah. you know you went through the process yeah. of learning. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, what do you think about? Uh, the the crypto community you know what are some of the best parts and the worst parts now that you've been involved in it a little bit at least through twitter and twitter is where i think the majority of the crypto community hangs out anyhow yeah and then if not it's going to be like their own discord or yeah, telegram yeah, groups yeah. that are biased within each other yeah um, completely biased <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes um i think it's it can be very supportive and uplifting. And in trying times, you really see the volatility of the community as well. Um, but that goes in any space. You know, what's kind of cool about crypto is that it is so volatile that you really do weed out um, like a lot of different people from like your circles of where you keep in because then you're like, okay, that's how they reacted in these moments. This is what they did in these up moments. So it's kind of cool in that way, but the internet in general of the communities online, I think overall they're really supportive, but now we're in an interesting phase with like um, different communities attacking other communities. And I think I made it like a tweet about this today. And um, it was just comparing it to sports a little bit. Like, um, like I felt like I was like, I didn't know like finances would be like sports or investing in crypto would be like sports. Like, I feel like I'm getting yelled at for 
picking two teams that are now like rivals against each other, like with Dogecoin and Bitcoin right now. I'm like, I, I want both to win guys. Like yeah, yeah. this is our store of value. Let's keep that there and let's have a Dogecoin to the moon. So why can't we have both? But um, it's just like, it gets competitive when it shouldn't be. So it's, I hear you. Yeah, that's yeah. actually one of the parts that frustrates me so much. And I wish we could all just see that, no World matter key. what project we're talking about, <laughs> it's all like all growth is good growth yeah. for the whole whole of crypto. We don't need yeah. to uh, be attacking different projects and be play favoritism so hard. It's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. And it again, it just makes it seem all less legitimate overall, the more it's done. And it just hurts the com- all the communities. So I, I feel like constructive things are great, um, but purely things that are like detrimental to prog, 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 oh my word, <laughs> projects. projects. Nice, nice. You I would say that's like a tough crypto. word to say, but. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Um, I, I think that's one thing about crypto is I have like a billion thoughts that pop into my head at one time and I think I'm on to something solid and then like a new idea will come in and I'm like, huh, that's good. So it's just, it's just so much because there's so much to take in and there's so much to learn about all these different coins, all these different projects and the overall concept of crypto and the purpose Mm -hmm. of crypto um, that makes it super exciting for me because I'm like, I just go on like tangents and I investigate and I need to know why's and I need to know how's. And that's just how I am as a human, thankfully. Like I, I go deep into it. Um, but with that, it's like, I think it's important to hear all these criticisms of these coins and of these communities. I think it is beneficial, but to the point to where it is just bringing other ones completely down with news that has already been around for a long time. I'm talking very vaguely and I think it's pretty obvious. I'm like talking about like um, Elon also with uh, Bitcoin and recently posting the heartbreak with Bitcoin. But I still like to think he's a very intelligent man and kind of has strong plans and strategies behind what he's doing. My theory is that um, he with his renewable energy, everybody's saying Tesla is like one of the main values of Tesla is is the renewable energy, the component of it. And I'm like, well, maybe there's some like backend stuff going on where they don't want the renewable energy to be Tesla products. And then he's like, ha heartbreak Bitcoin. And then now it's going to be his way into the renewable energy of being all the renewable energy for the mining for Bitcoin. So I have all these like conspiracy theories. (laughs) I love it. Uh, from I like where your conspiracy theory heads at because that <laughs> yeah. makes sense to me. Like, <laughs> I, honestly, I do think Elon's got something up his sleeve. We'll we'll, we'll wait and yeah. see for sure. But the cryptic it's tweets, I mean, good. yeah, the cryptic tweets though, it's it's just crazy still at this point. Like, I wonder how long it's going to go where it just keeps impacting the market so severely every time he. <laughs> yeah. He tweets, but it's it's entertaining if nothing else. So maybe it'll make it stronger. I think a lot of times people like to have leaders, and you know they like to. Which in a decentralized world, where's who's the leader? <laughs> like you point. know, mm-hmm. so they they look at this one person and what they say is gold, and then they react to it, and that's kind of like centralizing the decentralization of a coin. So it's just all very crazy. But um, I, I, again, I think, 
you know, Tesla's invested. Um, we got a lot of, we got MicroStrategy invested heavily, like into, you know, it's a lot of money, a lot of big whales into these communities and it's going to be even more whales. And hopefully we get more retail investors in there that can just kind of like level it out. So when these whales move, it's less impactful Mm -hmm. for the communities. And I guess that's the overall goal is like, get people used to the volatility and, you know, into the money-making business of crypto and like securing and beating those inflation, future inflations, you know, of Mm -hmm. our fiat. But at the same time, it's like, we just need more retail investors (laughs) just so we all don't sink whenever a whale moves. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Amanda, this has been an awesome conversation and we appreciate what you're doing because to your point about getting more retail investors and that kind of thing. I mean, you know, for us, we're so locked into crypto Twitter and you assume that the world's talking about all these things. But if you go out and talk to random people, it's it's still shocking how few people actually know much about or even the people who are invested in crypto. It's, you know, Bitcoin and maybe Bitcoin and Ethereum, but they haven't really dug into it. So it's so important. Uh, Like I said, it's been an awesome conversation, but we like to end every episode of Show Me the Crypto with a three question segment called You Had Me at Crypto. So Alf's going to ask you those questions. All right, Amanda, you ready for this? Yes. All right. Don't worry. They're not too hard. Okay. (laughs) Who's your favorite person to follow in the crypto space? Right now, it's probably Elon because he's so influential. <laughs> so that's fair. Yeah, fair. I I think that's like uh, we ask so we ask these questions every time, and I think Elon's probably the number one, which we've sure. had I at mean, least a few times. Yeah, he gives the most movement. Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. And they're interesting. They're always interesting. <laughs> yeah. So and their memes. Yeah, and their memes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, question two: What will the price of Bitcoin be ten years from now? Ten years. Um, hmm. I'll say in 10 years, I'm going to watch this back and be like, yeah, you were right. We need um, this me- We need a meme of you right now with all the math around. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay. Three fifty. All right. All right. Nice. 10 years. I can go, I can go for that. It goes by fast. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm being conservative. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. And what is the most underrated coin or project in crypto? For now, I'll say knowing what I know. All right. For the unknown, for the unknown, I'll say Doge for the unknown, because I know things are going on, but I don't know about it. All right. <laughs> and, but for the now, what I do know, BNB. Mm. Cool. Awesome. Good picks. Love it. Amanda, well done on those questions. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Show Me the Crypto. Yeah, thanks so much. guys. Thanks for being interested in what I have to say. Thank you for listening to Show Me the Crypto. Please make sure to subscribe as well as rate and review this podcast.